So let me, uh, let me start by praying. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you for today. I thank you that you are here with us. and just pray that the words um, that you have put on my heart this week to share with our community, that they um, settle and that um, yeah, there is breakthrough for each one of us today. Amen. 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 So this morning we're going to dive straight into the text. So turn with me to Matthew 5 verse 8. It will be on the screen um, too. So are we getting there? Matthew 5 verse 8. So we're continuing on our series um, of the nine beats. Uh, So going through the Beatitudes together, um, unpacking what um, one of Jesus's kind of like highlight teachings um, says to us verse by verse. And today we are on Matthew 5 verse 8, which says... God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. So today we're going to be focusing on the idea of purity within our hearts and what motivates us ultimately coming to a point where these two things, purity and motive, are interconnected and drive our identity and our actions So to start off with, purity often is um, associated with uh, sexual motives. Oh my, did I say sex at the front of this church? Oh no. Oh man, we're... Anyway, it's often associated with sexual motives, yet really it is so, so much more than that. So I just want to start off by, let us step away from kind of the idea of purity just being sexual, but actually it is about um, the whole of our actions, all of our being and what we do, and how our heart responds to that. Because I think that um, children are a great example of the outward expression of what's going on in our heart. So this is uh, Caleb, my little boy. And you can see on his face that whatever he is feeling at the time, he um, expresses with um, great... um, So here we have him very happy. Um, Here we have him slightly confused. Um, about what's going on, that's his daily chore, that's it, he's one years old and we get him to collect the eggs each day just to make sure that he's earning his keep. Um, (laughs) But so, that's it, but Caleb's just started to tantrum as well, he's just getting to that point where there's so much emotion going on in him and he knows what he wants now, but he doesn't know how to deal with it. And children often at this point just kind of like, just explode, like he just tends to sit down and just stamps his feet and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just, that's not what I want. You always know what feelings are going on with Caleb. Yet as we get older, we learn how to hide these. Now partly this is just about maturity, being able to deal with our emotions, being able to kind of process that internally and not us all just tantruming all the time when we don't get our way. But I think that we also take it a step further so often that actually we begin to put on a mask and hide away those things in our lives that we're not proud of. That we begin to start to think, you know what, actually I don't like that part of me, so I'm just going to hide that away. I'm going to hide that behind my relationships. I'm going to hide that behind the way that I portray myself on social media. I'm going to hide that away behind possessions and money and power and influence. But you see, the text is talking about dealing with what's going on inside. It is talking about heart issues. It is about honestly opening ourselves up to our true selves and allowing us to be known, forgiven, loved, and ultimately challenges us from the inside out. See, the opportunity to be fully known and loved is what relationship with Jesus is all about. 
Opening up yourself to the love of Father God who adores you, wants the best for you and is, has been and is willing to die on the cross for you. For all of that stuff that we often hide behind a mask, that our identity can be secretly so tightly wrapped up on, that guilt, that shame. But you see, in Jesus, fulfilment and forgiveness comes. <coughs> the pursuit of purity affects every area of our lives. Charles Spurgeon um, notes on his book about the Beatitudes that it is not blessed are the pure in language or action or ceremonies or rules or food, but blessed are the pure in heart. It's referring to this complete inner renewal that it's not about what we do or about what we say or who we are, our identity, our position, the way that we kind of like do things. But actually, ultimately, it's about our heart. And it's that stuff that then drives the way that we do things. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, um, it, it, says, it says this, that the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So in Samuel here, it's talking about, you know, we see other people and we just see kind of them for face value. Often we make judgments on, well, they're, you know, they're doing this. Oh, did you see how much money they gave to that charity? Aren't they really generous? Oh, did you see the way that they portray themselves on social media? Look at that holiday they're on. Isn't that incredible? But God sees deeper than that. He sees the heart. And it is about aligning our hearts to God that unlocks the eyes to see beyond our humanity and into God's perspective. Because you see, everyone in the world sees through a certain lens. We all have a perspective that we approach every situation. And it's so evident in our society today with difference of opinion. Dare I say, I've already said sex at the front of church, but dare I say Trump? Brexit? Ooh. Veganism? Ooh. <laughs> I thought that might get a... But there is such evident difference in opinion that people see through these lens... That actually some people will see it as positive, some will see it as negative, and they can be so divisive. It's kind of like grammar in a sentence. So, without the proper use of grammar, we can easily get the wrong end of the stick. So, for example, on the screen, so the one at the top actually is a local one. This is one I've spotted. Uh, so this is uh, in Aberfrau, um, along the kind of um, the dunes there. It says, slow cattle ahead. Which as you read it like that, obviously it just looks as though they are just generally telling you there's the cattle ahead are pretty slow. Like, they're not Usain Bolt. <laughs> or this one here is, have you eaten grandma? It's kind of like asking your child, where's grandma? Have you eaten her? Whereas as soon as we actually put in the correct grammar, obviously the sentences begin to make sense. It is slow. Cattle are ahead. Okay, I need to slow down. Or, have you eaten, Grandma? It's asking Grandma if she's eaten. But grammar is so important in the way that we approach things. Because if we align our hearts to the grammar of God, then we begin to understand the trueness in what he is saying. We begin to see it as, oh, we need to slow down because there's cattle ahead, rather than, hey... Who knew that there was slow cattle here? Or you might see it as, um, sorry, you might see it as the way um, if, if you get drunk, 
that people drink and suddenly they can't see straight because the stuff that they have put into themselves affects the way that their outward impression happens. And when we look at that spiritually, if what we are taking in is not of God, is not for purity of heart, then spiritually we begin to not see straight. We begin to miss the nudges of Father God saying, do this or be there. Or actually, this is your identity in me. And we need to sober up in these instances. We need to sober up. But it is more than just sobering up. Because once we align our hearts to God, once we have this purity in Him, we begin to see through His lens. We begin to use the correct grammar of our hearts that sees the world in its truly glorious form. You see, our hearts will begin to break for injustice and it will extol mercy on those being judged. Like what Rachel was talking about last week, we will begin to see people through the heart, through that lens of you are like you have got mercy on your life. And as we give mercy, we will also receive mercy. To put it another way, we might begin to see in 3D. When we align our hearts to God, we will see with much greater clarity and depth. No longer will we be looking at an image in 2D of the world, but we will begin to see it through God's lens with greater depth. Have you ever seen these pictures? These are amazing. So this is a street that um, an artist has painted um, an impression on that just gives it such greater depth. Now that image is in 2D, but because of the talent of the artist, there is such a beautiful depth in that that makes you think that these people are like on the edge. But actually they're just stood on the floor. Or this is my favourite one. Um, so this is in, in Eerspokidjör in Iceland. Um, so this is obviously 2D. This has been painted onto the ground, um, but they've, they've had to be removed, apparently, because they were causing so many accidents. As people were coming up to it, they would slam their brakes on, thinking that there's massive bollards in the way, uh, whereas actually it's just the painting. But this is like the way when we align ourselves to God, we begin to see through his lens, we begin to see in a third dimension, we begin to see with such greater clarity and depth. In our workplaces, with our friends, with our families, we begin to see them through God's eyes. And actually it breaks us to know, actually you are a beloved child of God. Matthew 5 verse 8 goes on to say that we will see God. So when we have purity of heart, we will see God. And this uh, really links to um, Revelation 22 uh, verse 3 and 4. Which says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. And his servants will worship him. And they will see his face. And his name will be written on their foreheads. It is talking about the end times where we stand in the throne room of God. And we look up and we see his face. See, when we go back in the Bible and we uh, read about Moses, Moses was stood at the top of the mountain having a conversation with God, yet it says that he could not look at God's face, otherwise he would have died. That there is such greatness in that, there is such fulfilment in seeing God face to face, that actually he could not look, otherwise he would just die. Yet there is this fulfilment here that we see with a purity of heart that Jesus is talking about, that with purity of heart we will see God's face. 
We receive God's face at the end time when we stand before him in all of its glorious redemption and we look upon God. But also, we will begin to see God now, where heaven touches earth and we begin to see little areas and glimpses into the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I've lost my face, I've got too excited. So, um, also, uh, you can look at Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4, which um, says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. It is about this purity that means that as soon as we align ourselves to God, as soon as we see through his lens, use his grammar, we will be able to see God in so much more clarity. So how do we pursue purity of heart? This, I think, is where motive comes in. So in Mark 2, verse 27, it's the story of Jesus walking with his disciples. And um, they're walking through um, a wheat field. Um, Theresa May was there. Um, And they're walking through a wheat field and they're breaking off grains of wheat um, and, and eating them as they're going. And the Pharisees are going along and they're trying to find a way um, to, to kind of get Jesus off guard. They're trying to find a way to kill him. Uh, and they say, whoa, 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 it's the Sabbath. You there are harvesting grain. That is against the law. The Pharisees were a very rule-based society. Faith for them was very much a tick-box exercise. Their motives were driven by fear. Yet Jesus... Excellently, he doesn't rise to it. He just responds by saying, the Sabbath is made to meet the needs of the people, not the people meet the needs of the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath is meant to be a benefit to you. It's meant to give you rest and time and space with God and your family. To bring wholeness to your inside so that it flows out of you. Not for you to follow the rules or be judged by the outside world. Because you see, as we move towards seeing through God's lens and shifting our lives to apprentice under Jesus, we pursue purity of heart that changes us from the inside out. As we worship, it begins to release our spirits, to lift our eyes to heaven. As we give financially, it releases us from the bonds of entitlement, of fear and of lack that is so prevalent in our society. As we serve our communities, it humbles us to know that we are not as important as we think we are. As we journey together closely in small groups and discipleship pairings, it keeps us honest and accountable. As we learn to receive correction and feedback, it teaches us to grow and become a better person. As we sacrifice, we receive life to the full. Matthew 16, 25 says, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you will gain it. See, having motive, it is all about where our hearts are at. Not doing things because it looks good, but actually if we begin with the purity of our heart, it moves us into action. Because sometimes, if we're completely honest with motive... We, we don't want to do stuff. We kind of think, oh, why do I want to give financially to that? You know what, today I'm just not feeling the worship. I sort of don't want to. Oh, I'm really tired today. I might just give small group a miss. Just, oh, I don't know. 
But you know what? It's in those instances where we've got to say, no, I've got to speak to myself and say, like, come alive. Sometimes we've got to say, like, okay, me. We're going to do this, whether you like it or not, so get on board. Because sometimes we sing because we are convinced. But sometimes we need to sing until we are convinced. I'll say that one again. Sometimes we sing because we are convinced. Sometimes we need to sing until we are convinced. There's something about speaking into ourselves. And the song, Take Courage, um, the lyrics of this song kind of um, spoke to me this week about actually, often worship songs are about like, God, you are amazing. God, it is all about you, which is fantastic. That is what worship is about, is extolling the beauty of heaven. However, this song is a little bit different because actually it's speaking to ourselves. It is a song that we are speaking into our soul that is kind of saying, like, come alive. No matter how you feel, take courage. So I'm just going to read this. It says, take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. Hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds because he is never failing. Sing praise, my soul. Find strength in joy. Let his words lead you on. Do not forget his great faithfulness because he will finish all he's begun. It's speaking into ourselves to say, you know what? Take courage. Stay steadfast. The pursuit of purity is about laying down ourselves and aligning to God, removing our masks and doing a deep work in our hearts that changes from the inside out. So. Um...